The diction is done with the tip of the tongue and the teeth. Ah. I'm leaving that done. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Welcome to It Just Makes Sense. A podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers. That explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, That, that just, just makes sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week, it's cult week. Cults. I love cults. I always thought I could be wrapped up in one. I... Well, like, I for sure could have been because I was in the ultimate cult of Jesus Christ and his 12 disciples. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, was, I was in a cult, but a good cult. I'm talking about CrossFit. Oh, the worst call. <laughs> Shout out to my girl Tiff. I know oh. you're listening. Does she still do it? Yeah. Oh. Have you? What are you calling her fat? <laughs> no, Rude. I just didn't know if she was still in it. <laughs> Anyways, I have something to cover before the call. Ooh, lay it on me. So, one of our longtime listeners, first big, time caller, big time fan, <laughs> Taliba. <gasps> Was talking. I was messaging with her, and she's like, "You have to deep dive into Army Hammer. Have you been following the Army Hammer thing?" I did. Like, okay. I was watching Bill Maher, and he brought it up. So yeah. I was like, "What is this?" And yeah. then I started reading it and and listen and watching that. Here's the thing. I feel like with this Army Hammer situation, for people who don't know, there's been women coming forward and talking about how he has like Army a Hammer is a professional, former professional wrestler. I know. What are you talking about? Yes, he is. He's an actor. Okay. Go ahead. I don't think he's ever been a, like a WWE wrestler. Mm-hmm. You were lying. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So anyways, there's been women that have come forward that have um, talked about his fetishes of like being a um, what a cannibal. So he like talks right. about wanting to eat their organs, wanting to crack their ribs, wanting to like put their toes in his pocket and carry them with them forever. Things like that. He also is like just super, super manipulative and super abusive. Okay. And so, and like, mind you, I feel like everyone's glossing over the fact that he also was married for 10 years and cheated on his wife like the entire time. Who is his wife? Whatever. Um, I forget her name. But his family history is wild. Okay. So his great grandpa was a communist who was a Soviet spy. And so his name, Army Hammer, comes from Arm and Hammer of the of the communist symbol. Oh. That's how his name is developed. Then his grandpa was a huge meth addict and like super abusive. Like would beat his grandma horribly, like every day. Really? Yeah. And then because like his aunt wrote a book about all of these things. Oh, hilarious. I thought it was WWE that he was a part of. He was dropped from WME, which was his, which was his publicist. I can't. I was like, there's no way Army Hammer, who was on Gossip Girl for three episodes, was a WWE wrestler. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They got. You must have just said it really fast. I was like, oh yeah, WWE, WME. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so anyways, here's my thing. Do I think that he seems like an abusive, manipulative asshole? Yes. yes. Do I think that he is actually a cannibal? No. What was the thing, like, am I making this up too, where he, he made women brand themselves? 
Yeah, he did. He like carved his initial yeah. ne- on like some woman's like, like hip, hip, right? And then like licked the blood or yeah. something like that. I mean, so like yes, he grooms. He like the women have said like he grooms you. He's super charming, super charismatic. He grooms you to be like how he wants, and then he kind of flips and turns and becomes like a sadistic. Once crazy he's guy man. where he wants, yeah. You. But my thing is, is like it's kind of like the cannibal cop. He didn't commit a crime though. The cannibal cop, like he didn't eat someone or kill them. He just talked about how he wanted to in a chat room and was convicted and sent to jail. Like, I don't think he's really... Like, if the minute he actually eats an organ and, like, someone proves it or a body turns up, then I think he's a cannibal. Sure. I just think he says it to, like... Yeah, you're a sick fuck. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. I didn't... Is that weird? I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird that you just think he's yeah. a sick fuck. Right. But I don't think he should go, go to jail. I mean, he definitely should be not all that, like, his agency. And they shouldn't yeah. employ him anymore because like, that's fucking crazy. Do but. I think that, like, if he's physically assaulted women, yes, he should be in Of jail. course. You know what I mean? Without and, like, a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think he's drained women financially, too. Really? Yeah. Like, it's this huge thing. They said, like, he takes over every aspect of your life. He controls everything like richard simmons housekeeper yes (laughs) (laughs) very similar poor richard simmons (laughs) okay i'm not advertising for other people's podcasts but there's a good one out there about what happened to richard simmons it's very sad i cried Uh, i know i should probably listen to it it's good all right so back to the topic at hand cults we're gonna be talking about the children of thunder cult do I believe this is actually a cult? The no. Children of Thunder. Has it been classified as a cult in books about cults? Yes. Interesting. Am I confused about that? Also, yes. I read some of these books. Like, I deep-dived into this cult because okay. I wanted to know more. Okay. So, here it goes. On Monday, August 7th, 2000... In, and I had to put it in phonetically because I would have no idea how to say this. We all the, know that you can't pronounce names. <laughs> right. Especially French ones. <laughs> the Mokalami River in California, there were several bags of body parts were discovered. Okay. A guy was out, I think like on a jet ski, and like found a duffel bag, opened it, and it was filled with body parts. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? No. So at first, the five duffel bags okay. emerged, and all the body parts were like intermingled so it wasn't just like one person's body in a duffel bag they were all cut up and just bought random body parts in all of these bags okay the police began dragging and patrolling the river and they ended up finding a total of nine duffel bags sick sick but at the time of this discovery in california the local news was being taken over by coverage of the murder of jenny villaron and james gamble and when they were covering this murder, they had an arrest of three suspects. A woman, Don Godman, and two brothers, Justin and Glenn Taylor Heltzer. And that was what was being broadcasted. So, to kind of throw back who they are. So, it all starts with Justin and Glenn T- Taylor Heltzer. Um, and Glenn was the older son to Jerry and Karma Heltzer. And they were avid and fanatic believers of the House of Latter-day Saints, Mormons. Uh, okay. Okay. Glenn was always the family favorite, even though he had two other siblings, his brother Justin and his sister Heather. However, Glenn's mother, 
firmly and adamantly believed that Glenn was a prophet of God. <gasps> I wish my mom believed that. Thank you. Like, I kind of am like... Jealous? What? Why wouldn't they think that about me? <laughs> I mean, your ability to speed read alone is... 65 profi- words per minute. Is profitability. Thank you. Profitability. Prolific. Prolific. Is that better? I don't know. I Whatever. Don't know. So, the rest of the family also began to believe this because the mom was, like, so adamant, right? And eventually the family just started to revolve around him even though there's other siblings and even though he was a child. The fucking siblings had to hate him. Yes, right? So even the church and the congregation started to follow Sue and, like, held him in high regard. Like, they were like, he is the next coming of whatever the Mormons believe in. Okay, that's fucking weird. Right? So on December 7th, 1986, Glenn is ordained within the church, and he dropped out of high school to to dedicate himself to complete the Lord's journey for him. Okay. When he was 19, he went on his mission. Typical Typical Mormon. Mormon. Sure. And the church sent him to Brazil. Mm, I always wanted to go to Brazil. Right? Me too. That's where I feel like a lot of... Is that where that is? Copacabana. It's in Brazil? Mm -hmm. The Copacabana. Yeah. I was in that musical. You were? As a nun. Huh. Anywho, I feel like in Brazil is where a lot of 90 Day Fiancés meet the women to bring them in Brazil. They're always like, I was on vacation in Brazil. Brasilia. Yeah. So, hmm. so he was, Glenn was phenomenally successful in Brazil. Glenn. He was converting people left and right. He was preaching. He was drawing in crowds. People loved him. Okay. He also kept people in line when other missionaries around him would tell, like, lewd jokes or make comments or, like, swear. He would quickly whip out his Bible and read (laughs) passages to them to be like, this is what you really need to be following. Like, what a fun police. I'm such a head in the gutter. When anyone says whip it out, I was not expecting you to say Bible. (laughs) People were fascinated and he would just whip out. His Bible. (laughs) It's not what I was expecting. And then people who, like, kind of studied Glenn and his following post, whatever happened, they believe that because of the church's expectations of him and his own family's true belief that he was a prophet, that he acted more, like, outrageously in church proceedings and more holy with others to kind of live up to those expectations. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Once people start to think that you're the second coming of Christ. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Play it up. So upon his return from his mission, it said that he had said that Brazil had left like a bitter taste in his mouth and he came home disappointed. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. But <I'm> sh- <laughs> Because even, um, or his impression of the church once he returned home was severely lacking and they he felt that they were, lo- that the church was losing their battle against evil. This is when the crazy starts to come out. All right. So he was held in such high regard in his family and amongst his congregation in Brazil that when he got home, he started butting heads with the higher-ups of his home church. And he kept saying, like, he was always right. He knew better. The church wasn't acting in the best, um, towards the best of the congregation and towards living up to God's ways. But eventually things started to settle down. He got married. He got a job. He had a child. He was a stockbroker. Interesting. Isn't that weird? I don't know why, but I always think like Mormons don't have jobs. They just go door to door knocking on things. Well, it, oh, that's not Mormons. Yes, it is. That's Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, but don't are mo- they the same thing? Oh, no, they're not no. the same okay. thing. 
Huh. But um, Mormons, there's like, I forget what it is. There was a, I watched a documentary about how like a majority, I don't know if it's a majority, but there's a large percentage of American CEOs that are Mormon. Really? Yeah. I can see that Lulu Rum, not Lulu Lemon, LuLaRoe, Mormon. Uh, mm, Mitt Romney. Really? You didn't know Mitt Romney's Mormon? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. A lot of them are Mormon. Mm, a lot of them are rich. All right. So then things started to change. He started to feel trapped in his marriage. He felt like his destiny was passing him by, and he felt like his whole entire life was also passing him by. I mean, I get it. Nah. So, to the Mormon surprise, Glenn started, he came out. Glenn started drinking oh. a lot. He started taking illegal drugs, <gasps> buying pornos, <gasps> and sleeping around. Okay, you're talking about my life. Stepping out on his <laughs> wife. Well, skip that part. In the summer of 1996, Taylor had had enough. He wanted a new life with new experiences. So he left his wife and children. He started wearing all black, stopped showering. Like, that's weird. And his philosophy started to really evolve that he was a prophet of God. However. Wait. So he, he now is starting to think he's the prophet like again? Like now, no, like his philosophy is around like what he's going to do to As like the become prophet? the prophet. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So Glenn Helzer was excommunicated from the LDS church in 1998 due to his drug abuse. Around this time, he declared himself a prophet and developed a list of maxims he called the 12 principles of magic, which he expected his followers to abide. Of magic? Also, I cannot find anywhere what these 12 principles are. I want to know them. I look. I literally Googled. <laughs> I looked in textbooks in UB's library. I looked couldn't find everywhere. It. I couldn't find anything about it. The only thing it said was part of his plans and part of the maxims was to train Brazilian orphans to assassinate Mormon leaders so that he could take over the LDS church and start a self-help group called Transform America, which was intended to create a state of peace and joy. <laughs> so it, in the 12, 12 principles of magic, he was going to train orphans to kill yes. church people. He also was going to go to raves. <laughs> Ambitious. Right? He also was going to go to raves. And find women who he would then um, convince and kind of sell them into prostitution and get them to be prostitutes for higher up people in the LDS church and blackmail them. Okay, it literally took me two seconds to find them. You found all of them? Yeah. What are they? That's a lie. You did not find them. Yes, I did. Tell me them right now. Number one, I am already perfect and therefore can do nothing do nothing wrong. Number two, there is no such thing as right and wrong. Number three, I am all-powerful and therefore the creator of and accountable for everything that occurs in my life. Number four, life is always right. I embrace all of my results. Number five, all of my results have been created to learn from at some level. Number six, I know nothing. I believe nothing. I simply perceive without fear. Number seven, it is of no concern to me how accurate or inaccurate my perceptions are, and therefore I am always right. Number eight, unconditional fearless love is the most powerful force in the universe. Number nine, spirit knows. Number 10, I gain total control by losing all control. Number 11, life is such a precious gift. And when I give back to life, immediately life becomes, life gives more back to me. And therefore I am forever in, in its debt. What goes around comes around. Number 12, there is a higher power than mine. And that is my savior, Jesus Christ, the son of the father. 
I feel like a lot of that is just like, I'm amazing, I'm right, and this is why. I mean, yeah, a ton of them are, I am the best thing since sliced right. bread. And then all the other ones are just adaptations from Ten Commandments right. and right. different other spiritual beliefs. Right. So Copycat. that's the 12 principles of magic. Way to be original. Right. Glenn. So Halsey referred to himself and his followers collectively as the Children of Thunder. Now. That sounds like strippers. I also could only really find three followers. So that's why I don't understand how this is a cult. Love it. So anyways. So now Glenn had a new mission in life. His calling from God was to overthrow the Church of Latter-day Saints. The church has strayed from God's path and he has the solution to solve it. But he needs a lot of money for this project. Okay. His brother Justin joins him in the mission. He knew he could count on Justin to become his first follower. To make money, they started to sell all types of drugs at raves. Yeah. Glenn is aware that his actions is not right in the eyes of God or in the lines with the Book of Mormon, but he truly believed that he was God's prophet, so everything he does will be forgiven in God's eyes when he completes his mission. It was for a divine purpose. So at a church, this is what I was confused about. They, it says he was excommunicated from the LDS church in 1998, right? But then at a church event in 1999, which was a murder mystery night... Which, like, again, if my church threw murder mystery nights, I would go. I think that's probably against, like, church stuff. Murder. Thou shalt not kill. Mm, It's fine. (laughs) So, this, at the murder mystery night, Glenn Taylor meets Dawn Godman. Dawn. She was described. Her name is Godman? Yeah. I love it. I know. She was described as a young, plain, chubby girl who has been seeking her way throughout her entire childhood. Way to fat shame her. If that ain't a better description of my life growing up, <laughs> if I've ever heard one. If I've ever heard one. Guys, join the Facebook group because we'll be posting <laughs> pictures of chubby little Sam holding her Bible. I have the best photo to show you later. <laughs> so Glenn, Justin, and Don all became friends. Slowly, Glenn convinced Don of his mission and his prophecy and talked her into going to a group training seminar. So at the time, Glenn had been attending these like seminars all about self-help and how to be a better you and like all these things he wasn't hosting them but he would go to a lot of these seminars love it and it was the typical cultish type seminar where you don't sleep you hardly eat Mm. and you have these kind of psychotic breakthroughs sure so don justin and glenn did this three-day seminar together and don came out a different woman she was completely broken down and completely devoted to glenn so during a rave in April 2000, he also met Selena Bishop. And Glenn knew how to look for someone who was like an easy prey like Dawn. He needed sure. more people to just like Emotionally weak. Right. She was a happy-go-lucky 22-year-old who was living on her own and quickly fell under Glenn's spell. He treated her like a queen at first, but he lied about everything. He said his name was Jordan. He made up an entire backstory about his life. They started going out together, and she started to fall in love with him. But Glenn knew in order to overthrow the church, he needed money. That was, like, the main goal of this. Get that money. Get that green. Right? And he needed to extort people for it. But he also needed someone to help him, like, launder that. So he wanted to have someone create an account. Gotta wash that cash. And he put that money into so it wasn't traceable to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he 
kind of groom Selena to be that person, Ooh, Selena Bishop. So one. he told her that so he was he expecting, get right? So he told her he was expecting to get one hundred and twenty-five thousand um, dollars, and he but he was scared that his ex-wife would want to get her hands on the money. So he asked Selena to open a bank account where he'll secretly deposit the check so his ex-wife won't know. He says he'll give her twenty-five thousand dollars in exchange for the help. So she readily agrees to do it. If that doesn't sound too good to be true, right? He's going to give you a fifth of it, girl. I know. Dumb. So now he knows that he can trust her and, and use her in his plans. So Glenn chooses July thirtieth, two thousand, to launch his war against the Mormons. He has someone, maybe it's another member of this cult, they don't say who, buy him four tickets to the showing of the movie X-Men. And he tells his friend to keep the receipts for the tickets so that he has an alibi for his whereabouts. Good one. Good start. Right? Good start. Off to a good start. From then on, the Children of Thunder were on a warpath. Dun, dun, dun. Again, when I say Children of Thunder, I mean Glenn, Justin, and Don. <laughs> they were on a warpath. <laughs> the terrible trio. <laughs> the Children of Thunder. <laughs> He decided to look into his past clients when he was a stockbroker because they were wealthy retirees with lots of money who would, could be easy victims to an attack. Okay, they're so, off to a great start. Ivan and Annette Steinman lived in Concord, California. They traveled, they had timeshares, they had two adult daughters, but they were just like living the retired life. Okay. They viewed Glenn like a son. Like, they Aww. loved him. Because he had cultivated a friendship with them when he was a stockbroker. They invested money with him. They got He got him to trust them. And Taylor knew that Simon's assets amount were about $100,000. In my mind, I was like, that's it. Yeah, I mean. Like, you're going to tax him for $100,000? I, whatever. Seriously. I, I mean, they're an easy like mark, but that two mil, sucks. Right? So around 8 p.m., the trio arrived to the Steinman's house. Taylor would take care of Ivan and Annette, and Justin would wait in the garage. Dawn would be in the car. Glad knew the Steinmans would let him in, even though it had been several years since they had seen him. And they did let him in. How strange. I would not. Right? Well, you I just like, why showed are you up. Here? Why are you here? So Annette offers them a coffee. So far, so good. <clears throat> and Taylor or Glenn tells them that he's there to share some business opportunities with them and sits down with them at the kitchen table. Okay, you didn't call first? Right? Yeah, absolutely not. But then again, it's what, 19... Oh, it's 2000? People don't have cell phones. Yeah, they do. In 2000? I had a cell phone in 2000. I no, had a you cell- did not. Yes, I did. I was born in 85. I had a cell phone when I was 14. That's 99. Hmm. I didn't get one until I was in 8th grade which would have been 2000 and when did when did 2001 was 9-11 yeah it would have been 2000 i would have gotten in 2000 you're right so there you but go it was like a big ass chunky cell phone mm-hmm. the brick the brick right okay free nights and weekends <laughs> seriously so um but when glenn took but then glenn took out a nine millimeter pistol from his briefcase and aimed it at ivan oh how sad then he's gonna make me cry i'm sad for this old wait wait then he asks the net to get certain financial documents ivan tried to negotiate with glenn but glenn just briefly looked over the documents he takes out handcuffs and orders ivan to handcuff his wife He then marches them to the garage where Justin forces them into their minivan. Like, I don't understand the point of that. I'm like, just kill them. You have what you want, right? Why kill them? Just take the shit and get out of there. I know. I don't know. So then they drove the minivan back to the house where they were all staying, Justin, Glenn, Glenn, and Dawn, and took them inside. 
Taylor tells Ivan he needs the money. So I keep saying Taylor. So his name is Glenn Taylor Heltzer. So people keep calling him Taylor or Glenn. It's okay. interspersed. So um, Glenn Taylor tells Ivan he needs the money to leave the country. And if they just obey and they give Glenn the money, he'll set them free. Okay. So Ivan agrees and signs over his assets. They have to wait until morning to follow through with their plan because none of the banks and companies are open. So they put a mattress in the middle of the room and make the Steinmans lay down on it. And they make them just, like, lay there all night. How weird. Right? So at 6 a.m., Glenn and Dawn go to a phone booth and call the East Coast office and pretend to be a net Steinman to get the money from their account. The people in the office are like, okay, well, it's going to take a couple of hours to get $100,000, and you're going to occur several penalties if you take it all out. But they're like, it's an emergency, we have no choice, blah, 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 blah. So the employee said they'll do it, and the money will be in the account in the next few hours. So now they move the money from wherever they had their assets into the bank account. Now they have to get the bank account from the Simons. Right, get the money out of the bank account. Yes. So they return to the house and make the Simons take rohypnol pills. So now... Roofies? Yeah, they roofie them. What? So now Glenn has Dawn write two checks to Selena Bishop and then has Annette and Ivan sign them in their half-conscious state. Then they take the Steinmans to the bathroom and just start, like, brutally beating them. Ah. Ivan had a heart attack during the beating and died. But Annette did not die. And then eventually they just slit her throat. Ugh. Jesus. So convinced that they've done it for God, they all join hands and pray over the bodies and thank the Steinmans for sacrificing themselves for the cause. Okay, these people are fucked up. Now, were these, um, were the Steinmans Mormons or no? No, I don't think so. They were just clients of his. his? Yeah. Maybe. Like, they never said. No. So, Glenn has Dawn leave by, uh, or leave to go cash the check from the Simons into the account. And while she's gone, Glenn and Justin take care of the Simons' bodies by cutting them all up with a saw. And they put their remains into duffel bags. Okay, you fucking psychos. Right? So, on Tuesday, August 1st, 2000, Dawn Godman will walk into the bank with a check for over six figures. So, she was sent over to the bank manager to get cash because they just don't you have 100000 in their drawer. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, now, at the time, just so you know, Glenn made Dawn go in a wheelchair to the banks because he was like, they're not going to stop someone who has mobility issues. Because you're disabled, they'll just give you the money. Oh, sure. They that's won't a even good, ask questions. That's a good plan. Yeah. Man, I would just roll up in a wheelchair every day of my life if that was true. Just sir. hand me the cash. Just hand me the cash. So Don tells them that the Simons want this money deposited into Selena Bishop's account because it's her grand it's like the Simons' granddaughter and she's having surgery. Okay. But the bank manager was like, okay, cool story, but I have to talk to the Simons themselves. Like I'm not just giving you a hundred thousand dollars. Right. No. So the bank manager calls them and gets their answering machine. Avi, they're not home. Because they're dead. Because they're dead. And asks the Simons to return their call. Dawn starts, like, freaking out, demands them. She deposits the money, and the manager throws her out. Like, thank God for this manager. Seriously. She also keeps the checks. The manager did? Yeah. Yeah, she should. Smart bitch. So Glenn hurries over to the Simons' house and makes sure it looks like it always was, like there was no sign of intruders or anything, and takes the voicemail tape out of the voicemail. He then has Don call the California Federal Bank and imitate Annette Steinman to give them Annette's social security number. 
And they just give it to her. Really? Well, she probably had, like, because she had all their financial, mo- so she probably had, like, easily, ver- easily yeah. verified, you Easily know? verified, yeah. yeah. So then they call back the bank manager the next day and leave a voicemail verifying this information with a net social security number. Okay. Now this bitch. So the bank manager calls them again and gets no answer and no voice. She calls the Simon's house and gets no voicemail, no mm-hmm. voicemail option. He turned it off. And Don calls that the bank. That isn't suspicious. Right. Don calls the bank and the manager tells her that she got the voicemail and everything's in order. But without a live conversation with the Steinmans, she will not proceed. This woman is a bad bitch. She, hey, she's just doing her job. Yeah. So and now. She's doing it well. Right. So now Glenn started to panic because this is not how he wanted things to go. So now he's freaking out because he's like, oh, my God, what if the bake manager contacts Selena Bishop? Because they had said Selena Bishop Uh, was their granddaughter. She has no idea about any of this. She thinks I'm just getting 135. Like, I don't know why, what reason he said I'm getting $135,000, but, like, she didn't know the plan. Right. She just thought they were getting money for some reason. So now Selena Bishop must die. She has to die. So he calls Selena, pretending to be Jordan, and proposes a trip to Yosemite Park and to meet her at a bar the next day. They arrive at the bar around 7 p.m., and Selena tells Jordan that she told her mother about their camping trip, and she volunteered to house it for her daughter. Poor Selena. And, like, did she have nothing else to do? Like, you couldn't call me one night and be like, you want to go camping tomorrow? No. I have plenty of TV to watch. Leave me alone. I mean... If someone were to say, do you want to go camping tomorrow, there's going to be a boat. Yes. Mm. I'm going. A boat? Like a, um, what is that called? Those big boats? A yacht? <laughs> no, not a yacht. <laughs> a pontoon. Oh. I want to go on it. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. But, like, not if it's tent camping. A, I'm not doing tent camping. There better be electricity and there better be a bathroom. Running water? Running water. So, anyways. Bougie. <laughs> These people seemed all for it. So after a few drinks, Jordan invites Selena to spend the night so they can leave early the next morning for their camping trip. They leave the bar and each drive to their own cars to what she believes is like Jordan's house. Glenn proposes to massage Selena and has her lay on her stomach so that he can straddle her and rub her back. Mm. As he's massaging her, Justin comes in behind her with a hammer and bashes her head in with it Jesus! But he didn't kill her. So when Glenn realizes this, he brings her to the bathroom and slits her throat. What the fuck? Are they at the Steinman's house? No, they're back at their apartment where they had killed the Steinman's. Uh, Oh, okay. So he couldn't stop there. He had to kill Selena's mother, too. Because she knew knew. Selena's plans of going camping with Justin and what he looked like. So that's four bags. So he had to kill her, too. I think, like... More than one body filled a bed. Like, you only need more. Oh, uh, yeah. it wasn't, wasn't one body per yes. bag. Gotcha. Yeah. So he drove over to Selena's apartment where he knew her mother was house-sitting and finds her mother in bed with her boyfriend. He shoots uh, both of them in the head. now he's got to kill the boyfriend. Right. So the neighbors hear the gunshots and immediately call 911. The police get there 45 minutes later. Bye. California, Go- do better. Get your shit together. Do Better. Gunshots, 
45 that's minutes. That's why when I'm like, the police got there in seven minutes. I'm like, wow, that's so fast. And you're like, that's so slow. Okay, well, Californians over here, <laughs> fucking 45 minutes. Take, taking a nap and then yeah. getting in the car, Sunday stroll. Dang it. <laughs> so they found the two bodies of Jenny Villarin and James Gamble. So okay. they didn't take those bodies and put them in duffel bags. They knew it wasn't a robbery gone bad because there was nothing missing and nothing to miss. The victim's wallets and jewelry were all still there. So the police soon learned that Jenny Villarin and James Gamble weren't even the tenants of the apartment and start looking for Selena Bishop. While the investigation is continuing, Glenn and Justin have rented jet skis and Dawn brings the duffel bags to them to get rid of the evidence of the bodies for Selena and the Steinmans. So it took nine duffel bags? How big are these duffel bags? Well, you said that Selena was chubby. No, Dawn Godman is chubby, not oh. Selena. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're the worst. I'm sorry. I don't have an attention to detail. You know that. So Olga Lamb arrived at Selena's apartment. Who the fuck is Olga? Selena's aunt and oh. also the sister of Jenny Villarin and... and uh, not James Campbell, but the sister of Jenny Villarin. So the detective started asking Olga for information, and she told detectives that Selena was dating a guy named Jordan, but she didn't know much about him. She um, wondered as if Selena had even been notified of her mother's murder, and that's when they said they couldn't find her. Oh, boy. So Olga knew Selena was supposed to be out camping with Jordan. So the police start looking for Selena in Yosemite, but they never found her. They talked to a lot of her friends, and they slowly started to get information. Like, one person knew, had known, like, he lived in Concord. One person knew he might have a brother. One person knew he was about 30 years old. So they started to, like, piece it together. In one of the lucky breaks, Selena had left her pager at work. (laughs) Well, pager. Pager. A number in the pager that was frequently on there was from a house in Concord. Where two brothers were living. Okay, got the it. The police pulled the driver's license photos for the two brothers, whose names were actually Glenn Taylor Heltzer and Justin Allen Heltzer. The police started showing those DMV photos around to people, and finally someone was able to say, like, that's Jordan. That's, that's not Glenn Taylor. Right, right. So they went over to the house and busted down the doors. Thank God, I love when they do that. <laughs> Kick it in. And arrested Justin and Dawn without incident. Glenn jumped out the back window in only his underwear, jumped over a fence, and ran directly into authorities. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But I, listen, this is wild. That's some TV shit right, right there. So when he was in the squad car, so when Glenn Taylor was in the squad car he peed himself. with a police officer, a police officer opened the window a little bit because it was like California and 105 yeah. degrees and hot. And as she was talking to him and telling him that they just wanted to know his relation to Selena Bishop, he somehow got out the open window and fled the neighborhood. How? F- okay, it what? had to be open more than just a little bit. That's what I was thinking. It had to be halfway they down. on the show. So he broke into a neighbor's house and made her give him clothes. He continued to flee and ended up on Concord Boulevard, wherever the hell that is, but he was caught. His escape only lasted 30 minutes. Eh. So the police started tearing apart the house of Glenn and Justin, and right away they noticed that the house itself was, like, disgusting. Like a drug den. It was just a wreck. Okay. But the bathroom. Pristine. Pristine AF. It was completely clean, clean new. Clearly something had been Mr. Clean, up there. Mr. Clean. Yes. So then they started to notice documents for the Steinmans. 
So they knew there was a missing couple with that name, and everything kind of started to unravel for them at that, or, like, solve the puzzle for them at that point. Right. Later that same day that they were arrested, the duffel bag popped up in the Delta, and that's when they started to find the body parts. Don Godman was able to strike a deal with prosecutors that they would not pursue a death sentence against her. Instead, she would get 37 years and eight months to life in prison. I was like, 37 years and eight months to life? That seems very specific. Probably has something to do with, like, the percentage of time that they have to serve to be eligible for parole or some crap like that. And the reason why, so what she struck a deal with, she was the one who told at Justin's jury that he hit Selena in the head with a hammer, that he bashed in Ivan's head on the floor, and that he helped with the dismemberment. Got it. Glenn Taylor stepped forward and was like, yeah, I did it. I was responsible. This is my commandment from God. They were my followers. I organized the whole thing. You know you got problems when you, you know just you like, got problems. I did it. Right. So Justin pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity with his attorneys claiming that he suffered from del- a delusional disorder. And he was probably groomed, groomed and tricked. Well, and, what? court was not hearing that. Nope. Taylor and Justin were both sentenced to death in 2004. Hmm. They were sent to death row at San Qu- in San Quentin prison. Justin attempted suicide in 2010 by ramming pens into both of his eyeballs. Jesus. He was survived, but he was left blind and with brain damage. Wow. He then committed suicide by hanging on April 14th, 2013. So I believe Glenn Taylor's still on death row. Yeah, it doesn't say that um, he's still alive. It doesn't yeah. say that he's dead. So he's been on death row since 2004. Another reason? Why? I'm not a proponent of the death penalty. Right? Just sucking it up. But isn't that story wild? Yeah, that was crazy. Like, the poor... I mean, if there was ever a case for the death penalty, killing that that poor old couple and that poor unsuspecting woman... And yeah, they're fucking shitty her people. Her parent, her oh, mom, yeah. and boyfriend? Yeah. That yeah. literally had nothing to do with anything? Anything at all. Just house-sitting? Yeah. And, like... Psycho fucking path. But... Do you think, like, okay, if you were that bank manager, yes, you were a bad bitch for not giving them the money, but did you cause Selena Bishop and her mom and boyfriend to die? Well, I mean, what... If they had gotten the money, what would they have done? Oh, fair. They probably would have gone... They probably would have murdered someone else for more money. Yeah, they they probably wouldn't have stopped they wouldn't at have stopped. those people. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's crazy. But, like, do you get what I'm saying where I'm like, was this a cult? Because how many followers were there? There's three of them. There doesn't seem to be any more children of thunder around his jail cell praying think, for his release. Well, I think that's like the same idea behind like domestic terrorism, like right now that they're debating. Like there has to be some kind of manifesto. Yeah. Whereas I think right. that because that there's this guy had the beliefs, the twelve yeah. whatever principles of magic. Yeah. Playing magic cards. Like I think that's why it can be considered a cult. Really? Yeah. Because like, okay, I could come out with twelve principles of Sam. Samitis, and you could follow it. I'm a cult. We're a cult. Yeah, I mean, if I if I like followed you, which you know I would. Um, yeah, it so could be strange. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, because I'm just like this is I don't know. But if you think about it, like the Mansons didn't have that many followers. No, they didn't. You there's know? only what five. Yeah. No, there's more than that. There's probably like fourteen in the family. That. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Jesus only had twelve. The ultimate cult. So like easy. Some of our <laughs> listeners might not might like that one. Just saying. 
Just like the Jewish book of fairy tales. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Maher. I just thought, thought it was bizarre. Like, I just don't think it was a cult, but whatever. To each their own and their beliefs. Not to each their own. These fuckers were nuts. Yeah, they were fucking crazy. The Children of Thunder. I also love the name of it. It does. It is really awesome. <laughs> strippers. That's what I think of. Anytime when I think of Thunder, I just think of strippers. I think of Thunderstruck. Mm, or that guy in Georgia that we met that you asked to call <gasps> call him Thunder. Uh, good one. <laughs> and he said no. And I was he like, said, okay, I'm no, ma'am. My name is Charles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charles. I roll. Like, just appease me, sir. Ugh, just want to call you Thunder. <sighs> All right, guys. Let us know what you think. Do you think that that's... And like, do you, do you think, think it's a call? A call. And do you think that's an accurate what Jeff is saying? Like, as long as you have a manifesto, you're a call. Right. Do you think that's right? As long as you have like beliefs and stuff. Because to me, that does n- it just does not make sense. Like, does there have to be a certain? Does there have to be a membership quota right. to be a call? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think these fuckers should have been put to death, or do you not? Yeah. Let us know. Hit us up. Hit us up. Look for that chubby picture of Sam <laughs> with the Bible. Yeah, you can find that on our Facebook page of It Just Makes Sense Podcast discussion group. You can find us on Instagram as It Just Makes Sense Podcast. Um, you can find me at WWSamInTheBuff. You can find me at Jeff Seif, 1F, on Twitter. And don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us reviews, please. We love to hear from Come you. On. Smash that subscribe and leave us a review. Leave us a review. And we'll have another case next week. Bye. Bye.